Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selena's Powerade, Starkist Tuna, and more. Only 99 cents each when you mix and match five or more with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I need new wipers. No problem. How about Bosch Prime Active or Envision? Get I know what you're thinking. Why Bosch Prime Active or Envision? They're both designed to minimize glare for clearer, safer driving. Okay, great. Do you have any special offers on them? Right now, you can get a $10 bonus reward when you buy a pair. Restrictions apply. Offer available to AutoZone Rewards members. Tax Talk with Straight Talk. You give and you give. This tax season, you get with Straight Talk Wireless. You get a reliable 5G network and unlimited data and a Samsung Galaxy A14 included when you buy an extended silver unlimited plan. So you can give your janky phone to your kid. Switch to Straight Talk for plans starting as low as $25 a line per month for four lines. Find us at straighttalk.com. For network management practices, visit straighttalk.com. Device offer ends 41424. Online only. Family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Taxes and fees apply. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated market. Text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. <sighs> Leaving for the gym so early? I'm ready to go. Since you started taking Nugenics Total Tea, you've been acting like when we met in our 20s. I feel like myself again. Lower testosterone after turning 40 slowed me down. Nugenics Total Tea has been a game changer for me. What is it about Nugenics Total Tea that's different? Well, it's a patented key ingredient called Testofin. It boosts free and total testosterone to help you get back the drive and energy from your youth. It's backed by five clinical studies. I've seen the huge difference it's made for you in the gym, at work, and in the bedroom. I'm so glad I sent them a text for my complimentary bottle. Text TIGER to 42424 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total Tea. Nugenix is the number one selling testosterone boosting brand at GNC and Walmart. Do it now and we'll also send you a bottle of Nugenix Thermo X, our newest, most powerful fat burner ever. Absolutely free. Text T-I-G-E-R to 42424. That's TIGER to 42424. Products and statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or illness. 
It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter on X at jwright 929 espn Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. Glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. On Twitter, on X, at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. The All-Star break is over, Jeffrey. Do you feel refreshed? Uh, no. <laughs> I feel like the last... I feel tired. These last, the post-Super Bowl weeks, they just feel very long. Well, th- this week has felt like the... the I Maybe it was just the adrenaline of having that third kid. Now I'm starting to feel... Now I'm starting to feel the tiredness of having three kids being pulled in all, all, a new direction. You know, in, in addition to all the you other directions I, I was being is- pulled in. It's part of the reason why I've made the choice. I'm viewing the Tigers as a TV product. Mm. It gets exhausting. Just just debating the same things over and over and over. It's, I will say too, there are there are harder things in life than debating the Tigers. Yeah, the Tigers' de- potential but, demi- shocking demise. No, and, it's, uh, but it's literally it's your buddy in college that always dra- dated the drama queen, mm. and it's just like you you. You've you've watched them yeah. fight eight times. You're like, can you please break up? Like, yeah. just, can you either make it work or break yeah. up? Like, like, this, this, like this, we can't stay here. Yes, like this is not good for anyone. We're not having fun. You're not having fun. But like, it, it's just exhausting. Well, we are out of the All Star break. Grizzlies back in action tonight against the Los Angeles Clippers. Also got a big. Uh, not quite as big as we thought it was going to be. Memphis basketball game on Sunday at FedEx Forum. So, you know, not bad. Got the Clippers. Clippers played last night, right? They did. They got smoked by. Uh, mm. They got smoked by the uh, Thunder. And who could have ever thought James Harden's team wouldn't be ready to play yeah. right out of the Ball Star break? Um, so we got all that to talk about. What are we going to be talking about coming out of the weekend? I'm gonna guess we're gonna be talking about the Tigers and Grizzlies, so we're gonna we're gonna get into their game, the, the their return. We got we got we got an update on Mar- Marcus Smart and Desmond Bain also since we last appeared on air. So we'll talk about that here in a second. Do we get the whole press release? Uh, yes, medical update. There we go. Medical update. Two forty or so. Blake Topmeyer, he's the SEC columnist for the USA Today Network. He'll join us like he does on every Friday. Get his thoughts on all the stuff that happened with the college football playoff this week. Productive meeting, Jeffrey. They said they said coming out of it, very productive. Sure was. Um, and, uh, yeah, talk to him about everything going on in college sports right now and the SEC. Three o'clock, we will get into the list. We'll talk about the return of the NBA. Kevin Durant's interesting fan interaction last night. Uh, LeBron's no-show. Um, also, news on the NFL salary cap. It's pretty interesting. And Jeffrey, we've got a pants problem in Major mm. League Baseball. Oh yeah, so it's we're that gonna, time of the year. Maybe we can get to the bottom of it uh, next hour in the list, and then we'll do our games of the weekend. But what are we going to be talking about coming out of the weekend? That's where we're going to start today's show, like we do on Fridays. 
I guess let's start Grizzlies because they play tonight against the Clippers. Uh, 26 games to go, Jeffrey. And since we were, I guess it was yesterday evening, they released an injury update for Desmond Bain and uh, Marcus Smart. And here's the wording because I think what I think, what I want to emphasize to people is for the rest of the, whenever we get one of these medical updates, the wording, especially in a situation like this, where we're, we're let's be honest, we're running out the clock. I know that people are going to try and spin it as great development, and it is. But we're also just running out the clock on this season at this point. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, so the wording in these types of situations is very important, and because we know, I, I we've we've been advocates on this show of, hey, if there's a way you can get around it, like uh, maybe, we'll these, maybe guys. these guys shouldn't play oh, again. I, I'm not even you've you've couched it. I want them in bubble wrap. Yeah. I'll uh, see you next year. I, my only couching is if the NBA forces you. You know, like if the NBA tells you you can't you can't get around this. Right, but I would force that. <laughs> um, all right, so here we go. Desmond Bain, this is the official wording. Desmond Bain, who has sustained a grade three left ankle sprain during the January 12th game against the LA Clippers, was recently reevaluated and is progressing well. He is expected to return to play within the next three to five weeks. So not he will return to play. He is expected to return to play in the next three to five weeks. I believe, so three weeks from now would be middle of March. Five weeks from now would be the beginning of April. So either, we're talking about either the last two weeks of the regular season or the last last month. month of the regular season he would play. Here's what they said about Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, who sustained a rupture of the proximal interphalangal joint central slip. Pretty sure you didn't say that right, but continue. Interphalangeal, maybe it's that, interphalangeal joint central slip. He ruptured his finger, right? Ring finger, I think it was, right? Yeah, uh, that sounds right. Uh, This is left hand, wasn't it? I don't, yeah, uh, not sure. It doesn't say on here. During the January 9th game against the Dallas Mavericks was recently reevaluated, which indicated that the injury is healing properly. He will wear a splint for another three weeks, at which time he will be reevaluated. So we got a, he's got another reevaluation after the reevaluation. Well, that's um, good to hear. <laughs> that's good. Yes, that that to me... I think if we if we're going by wording, what what does the wording tell us? That wording indicates to me that that's the wording of a shut you know a, a polite shutdown, yeah. if you will. Like a, we're not going to rub it in your face, the NBA, but like we're going to keep reevaluating this thing till the end of the season. Again, this is that's what I read into it. I want to be clear: this is nothing but speculation. This is not reporting. Yes. This is also body language expert. Mm-hmm. This makes all the sense in the world to me. If you're Marcus Smart and you know that this season isn't competitive and you got some miles on you, yep, that seems. I, and I, you know that next year is going to be potentially you correct. could the team you thought you you were right. on could actually be there right. next season. There's a decent shot. I think this team fully formed. I don't know if they'll get predicted projected in the top six in the West because who knows with the national folks if they'll pick up on how, what the potential is. But my my prediction would be they finish in the top six of the West next yes. year if they're like healthy and get everyone back. Now that we you know know what they've got on the undercarriage, if you will, and knowing expecting them to make some adjustments this off season too. The other thing makes sense to me too, and again, purely body language expert here. So Bain, you're talking about Bain, correct? Because Bain's is I, 
Very you different. Watch, expected to return to play within the next three weeks. That's much different than reevaluate. Bain's body language to me mm-hmm. has suggested like he's itching to play. Mm. And what that update, here's how it would make sense to me. Mm-hmm. All right, Dez is probably saying, like, I want to play. Yes. And if you're the Grizzlies, I think part of what makes him a great player. Correct. That guy, competitiveness. Correct. Competitiveness yeah, right. is part of your program, if you will, right. under Taylor Jenkins. Overall, I'd say net positive. Mm-hmm. You'd much rather have that than the opposite. And yes. I'm not even saying that Smart doesn't want to play. I think Smart is, pardon the pun, being smart. Yes. I, I think given his age, everything, Miles, I think he's being smart. This, well, and it could be, you know, it could it could sure. actually be he needs to be reevaluated. Sure. <laughs> it could be. This also sounds to me, the wording of Baines, mm-hmm. that sounds like a compromise. Mm. Well, and it's still it's still and not committing to most, return to play. No, it's expected most, to return to play. The most important work the Grizzlies have to do the rest of the season mm-hmm. is convincing Desmond Bain during that three to five weeks. You know, you really should shut it down. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's right. That's the most important. I think that's work. right. In a lot really of ways, shut it down. In a lot of ways, they said reevaluation for Smart, and with with um, with Desmond, it's like we got three to five weeks to get him to Correct. Re- reevaluate. Correct. <laughs> That's that's how I read it. In three to five weeks, we need to have reevaluation in your in your. You need to reevaluate. Update. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So there's your injury update. I know there's some fans like I keep seeing there's some you know some people on you know like some media members I guess and people you know followers of the team go like well you want to see Gigi and Vince. You know, you want to see, like, get a preview of next season with all these guys together. And I just keep going, are we really going to overlook what we saw at the beginning after 25 games this year when, like, the first 25 games looked one way and then as soon as you put John Moran on the court, that's that team. It looked completely different. And it's like, there is no, you are, you can say that you're going to get a little preview of next season if you bring all these guys back to play, like, five or six games at the end of the year. But it's going to look totally different when John Moran is out there next season. Yeah, I've they're just, not going to get a preview of next year because John's not out there. I don't know. I've just and so why risk it? Why risk it? I've just there's never, no benefit. I've never bought that argument from day one. I guess to a certain degree, I can for the for Brandon Clark. Hey, you I, want him to like mentally get over it? That's fine. Like mm-hmm. I can at least I'll entertain that. But the idea that these reps, these these moments. These, like, this 60 minutes playing together is going to somehow have an impact on next year. I just, that that doesn't hold any water. You know what this team should be focused on? They got back-to-back games against Portland next week. Yes, that's, they've got bad, those are like the two of the biggest games on the schedule left. Must lose. Like, two of the biggest games on the schedule left. Correct. Must lose. Other than the Gasol retirement game, is there a bigger, are there two bigger games on the schedule? Probably not. I mean, no. you get the Lakers twice. Uh, the, just the LeBron factor. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, we've all, at this point, you've had plenty of opportunity to see him. <laughs> um, and hey, he might have an ankle. Injury. I mean, listen, we don't. Is there another All Star game? He's got to rest up for. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, that's that's where you're at. So no, there'll be no Desmond Bain tonight. There'll be no Marcus Smart tonight, and you won't see him for at least. You won't see Bain for at least three to five weeks. Smart. We'll get reevaluated in the three to five weeks. Uh, it kind of reemphasizes to me that what's most important these last 25, 26 games, like we can talk about, like to me, I've already seen enough 
of Vince Williams and Gigi Jackson to convince me they're important pieces next year. I don't know. Like it, it will be good for them to play more, play 25, 26 more NBA games or whatever they number they end up playing. But and and I and I do think you know it will at least be something when Brandon if Brandon Clark comes back um, in March or something like that. I guess, but I still think the most important thing, and I think Zach Kleiman kind of told you this without really telling you this, but sort of did at his availability after the trade deadline is most important thing is the draft pick for them. They have this unique opportunity of being like a contender next year with a top 10 pick. And like that doesn't happen all the time. And to me, cultivating that pick, because again, and I don't think they should use the pick to pick a player. I know people are speculating about what center they could grab in the draft, but like I'd probably try, before I'm picking a center, I'm making sure I can't use that pick to trade for something. To me, the only way I'm picking something yeah, I mean, in the top 10, like unless it's maybe the number one pick and the number two pick, the only way I'm picking is if I've exhausted my options in the trade market. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair way to look at it. We also don't know if like that's going to yield anything. Yeah, but I think we it's don't something. Know, we don't know what the value of the pick, we don't know what the value of first rounders are. Yeah. We don't even really know what the value of this draft, this draft well, is. It, what's interesting about this draft is the way it's, people are calling it a bad draft because the top of the draft isn't great. But it sounds like there's like, are you are you, are you trying to talk me into some? Is this a value draft? It, it, it's a draft where people could jump up to grab people if you have like one. Are, of you, those say, are you saying the draft really starts at three? I don't know. They they always do this though. They call it a bad draft, and then when, as you get close to the draft, because you got to sell it, you know, it's like oh, there's some there's there's some good there's some good deals to be had well, in that they, ten to twenty range. They really have to sell it this year because it's two nights. Well, because the, the way they the way the way they're talking about it is basically it's bad in the sense that like there's not much of a difference between the number five pick and the number twenty pick. But like if you're in the ten to twenty range, like that's actually pretty good proposition. In your favor, um, and and so you know. And now the Grizzlies will, you know, right now they're what seven? They'd be there's seventh best odds, if you will, right now. And I think they could be no worse than ten or eleven. But next week's a big week. Listen, there is a scenario. Like I don't think it's that big of a deal. But like you know, you get swept by the Trailblazers. Maybe you know, maybe we're talking about jumping up to sixth or fifth. I mean, it's very much on the table. Um, but nonetheless, I want them to though compete just with the guys who've been playing. The last couple weeks, I don't think we need to force the issue. Bring him I back. don't even need that. Uh, oh, you? Nah. I don't think you want to see him getting like run off. Like you know, like like. Have you been watching? Have you watched a Wizards game lately? Oh, yeah. Like that is just yeah, but that is just hideous hideous Jordan stuff. Poole not inspirational. Because it, it is funny. I like, did like him all, com- complaining that, about coming off the bench last night after shooting four of 17 from the field. But I do love how like we all made the jokes of when he got to the Wizards. Like that makes perfect sense. They don't really want to win. Like, he's going to take as many shots, and it has literally just it's, lived well, up to expectations. It's very Wizards that they traded for a guy, and as soon as they've gotten him, it's now, like, I'm not going to say universally agreed, but, like, if you're if you're going to go list worst contracts in the NBA right now, yeah, Jordan Poole's one of the first three that comes yeah. out of your mouth. <laughs> like, yeah. worst contract. In, that's very Washington Wizards right there. Yeah, and they traded for it. Yeah. yeah it's not, it's not, that it's was not, the asset it's they not, got. It's not that they... It's not that they gave the worst contract. They're like, the worst contract is out there. Like, we'll take it. <laughs> it's hey, just. Come on. Oh, boy. But, um, so, yeah, Clippers tonight. I've, <sighs> Clippers are pretty good. They lost last night, but they've been, they've been really good since the Harden trade. After those initial, like, week or two of adjustment, 
Like they look, they're one of those four teams you'd put at the top of the Western Conference right now. I mean, the, the, based on the standings they are, but I think if you're going to list out title contenders to come out of the West, they have to be mentioned. Yeah, I'm going to have to pay to see Harden and George come out of the West. Like, they, I just don't think those are winning playoff guys. Yeah, because right now... I mean, right, there's no question since the trade... They had the bad start. Was it like the first six games was bad? Mm-hmm. And, and also, like, the, they lost. That was one of the few yeah. games the Grizzlies won. Yeah, early and then, on. And yeah, that was a Sunday win or Saturday. It was like an mm-hmm. afternoon win. But yeah, I, I, I'm fine with it if they weren't competitive. Because here's all you need to know. And maybe this is also partly I blame the Grizzlies. We didn't get the magnet schedule this year. Mm-hmm. They didn't send the promo over. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my favorite things to get the magnet schedule. This is I cannot remember the last time I had no idea what the schedule is coming up. I feel like that speaks we to the We got tonight, and then you got Brooklyn on Monday at home. Uh-huh. And then I believe they're at Minnesota. Okay, but you're not confident, correct? I think I, I, think I know those two. Okay. That, I, nothing. But I didn't know them before yesterday, before we had like a meeting where nothing, we were going no, through the schedule for Nothing further, week. Your Honor. <laughs> um, so you're not emotionally invested in the result. No. What if they... Uh, well, I am emotionally invested in the result. I'm just not emotionally invested the way that it seems like some people are. Like, I want them to lose. I've been very clear about this. And I actually don't like everybody's effort. I think this kind of take, this kind of tanking takes a village, and I don't feel like everybody's Everyone's got to be on board. Yes. Yeah. And I don't feel like everyone's willing this in. Like, I, I did my so part. So you didn't have fun in that Milwaukee no, game? No, I rooted every single time for those shots to go in. Not GG's. The Bucks. <laughs> wow. I don't think I'd go that far. I no, like I'm ha- my deal is if you go to the games, like I'm happy if you got to see a win. Good congratulations for you. I do not think it is beneficial. This is the ultimate free pass. To, to me, I want to see them compete, but I just don't want to see them like risk anything to do it. And so right now, I don't even really care about them competing because the reality is most of the guys that would be on the floor competing are not going to be on the team next year. Yeah, as long as Vince and Gigi look good. Yeah. And I guess I mean tonight we will see the the return of Jake Laravia potentially he's questionable. Okay. Jaron is I believe Jaron is supposed to play tonight. That's too bad. Um. Well, they got to get him to sixty five. They got to get he's got. I like, hope. I think he's. I think he has to play fourteen more games out of the twenty six to get to sixty five. Can we get like a proxy to get those games to count for him? Or like, can he like play the you know yeah. play a couple minutes early and then. <laughs> You know, Just saying. That, is there a rule like in baseball where you got to play, play five four and, and, four and a half innings? Four, where it has to count. You have to get to the fifth inning or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I um, don't think there is in basketball because like if you if you start a game and then you get yeah. hurt in the game, it counts. Yeah. So um, oh, we're gonna see so much of that that final month. <laughs> Just like play the first yeah, and third. We're gonna and, see so many guys that like. Yes, we're gonna see a ton of that. Yeah. Well. Welcome back, NBA. Can you get excited for some Grizzlies basketball tonight? 7 o'clock tip uh, against the Clippers. You can listen to it right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. All right, another big game this weekend. Big? Bigger than this. Bigger than tonight. The biggest game at FedEx Forum this weekend. Okay, but that's not saying much. (laughs) The biggest of the two is Memphis. Bigger. There's only two. Yes. Memphis, Florida, Atlantic. Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock tip. Um, Florida Atlantic, both teams coming off, uh, wins, big wins, um, in, com- in, in conjunction, if you compare it to like the AAC, uh, I guess by AAC standards. Uh, are we really, 
I mean, I guess because of the standings, you're right. But it's like, F- I, well, I was and, much more impressed what FAU did last night than what, yes. what Memphis did on Wednesday. FAU beats SMU, and Memphis obviously coming off the win against Charlotte. Penny Hardaway spoke with reporters today. Uh, he listed David Jones as questionable, but said knowing him, I bet he plays. I think he I think he plays. So, low-key putting a little pressure. I was going to say, low-key putting a little pressure on like, hey, Hey, I'm expect I'm expecting you to play, <laughs> right? Yeah, but is that put your guy in a bad spot? Well, you could also spin it as if he doesn't play. Penny has set the phrase. Listen, it's really bad. The fact that David Jones isn't playing, it's re- you know he's in he he can't see out of that one eye. Yeah, but if that were really the case, I think you should go. Listen, it's questionable, guys. Like I know he wants to play. Penny wants him out there, and so yeah, yeah. you know. Um, it- now, to be clear. I think there might be a kid or two on this team that has mm. some wasitis. Mm. I do not think David Jones falls into said category. He was bleeding from his eye. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. It we bad. saw him, like, we saw the towel. Yeah. It looks like, bad. I don't think that this is like, oh, this is, uh, you know, maybe not toughing it out. I just think that puts him in a bad spot. Yeah. Nonetheless, uh, it'll be. Uh... We'll see what his status is when we get to Sunday. They do have they, they got a nice extra day. You know they've been playing on Thursdays most weeks, but this week they played on Wednesday, so he got an extra day uh, of rest. Um, and FAU played last night. Yeah, and FAU played last night, and obviously they're on the road. I, I would just say this: like ultimately, if you're going to buy into this team is going to go on a run here, it has to include the win on Sunday. I, I just don't think you're like. Oh, uh, if you're going to buy into this team, they have to go undefeated. Yeah, the rest and, of the way. Well, and just like just to feel like to feel like that's a legit. Like part of what made Wednesday so kind of difficult is like they did look really good against Charlotte, but because of all the I guess emotional carnage they've put people through since conference play began, I just had a hard time going. Well, this 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 is the team now. Like this is who they are. You know, they've they flipped a switch and they're about to do it. I was willing to do it after the Tulane win. And then they went out and, you know, did what they did in Texas. So I'm reticent to, like, dive back in on this in on this team. But that's why I find Sunday interesting because, um, again, they're, it's a long shot even if they win out. Like a very – it feels unlikely, even though stranger things have happened, that they could be an at-large team if they won out. Yeah, I guess the way that I look at it is – we're going to find out on Sunday if the defense is actually fixed. And in yeah. particular, the three-point defense. Yeah, because that's what Florida Atlantic's going to do. Um, now, this is a team that held FAU to a pretty low-scoring game, ultimately. That game in, was in the 60s in the NCAA tournament, right? Yep. Um, and But obviously, this is a very it's – a, it's the same FAU team, basically, and a very different Memphis team. The only players who could potentially play in this game for Memphis – who were on Memphis last year, I believe, are Dandridge and Jaden Hardaway. And then... Well, Tomlin played, him at Tomlin State, played yeah. against them at Kansas State uh, in the in the Elite Eight. but And so he lost to them. So that's an interesting little uh, wrinkle to everything. Um, but, it is, you know, and for Penny, I think it's I think it's a meaningful game for Penny, too. Because obviously that game, that game hurt last year in the tournament. That hurt a lot because that team had a good year and... Very clearly was potentially on the cusp of making a real, like a really significant run in the NCAA tournament if they get through that game. And that, you know, and obviously it was a controversial ending. And even though I think 
Memphis could have. Memphis had chances to do things, and Penny said this, sort of said this today. Had chances to do things to avoid the contra- controversy yes. at the end, to, like to make you know, like ultimately. Kendrick Davis, if he just gets over half court, I mean, they couldn't even. Like, I get it. Everyone gets fouled. The time. They didn't take care of the basketball, and then you know, ultimately, even after they didn't get the timeout, you know, he didn't get a stop. You know, he had to get one stop, and he couldn't get it. And uh, so, it was both 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 Memphis's fault and the refs' fault, and it was all ultimately unfortunate because that was on the cusp of being a really special season, and you can tell. It should sting Penny a little bit still. Like I, you know, you were on the cusp of really making yeah, that I mean, run everyone's been wanting you to make, and this is the team that stopped you from doing it. So it's that's why I think it's going to be, I, even though it's a diminished game, because Memphis certainly hasn't lived up to what it looked like it was going to be, you know, over the last month. But even Florida Atlantic, you know, they were a top ten team when the season started. They're kind of like, you know, they'll probably be an eight or nine seed again in the tournament, something like that. So they've, you know. If they finish strong, I, I should put that caveat in there. There is a scenario where they miss the tournament as well. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're like if they lose this game, they lose both games to Memphis. They're a couple of weird losses away from being like. <laughs> let's say they get swept by Memphis, like they would be in trouble. I think. I think they could maybe. Well, no, because both would probably be quad twos. Although I don't know, because if Memphis wins both those, they might jump up to where the to Sunday's game could be a quad one for them. And then the other part of this is, I think if you lose this, I'm not saying it's guaranteed that you're going to be playing four games in four days at the AAC tournament, but it's going to be. I think it is. It's sir. I don't think it's like be ma- seven losses. Yeah, but I don't think it's. I don't think it'd be mathematically because technically, FA or SMU and UAB have four losses apiece, so they wouldn't be mathematically eliminated. But realistically, it would be. Very, very difficult to get into the top four of the AAC at that point if you lose tomorrow or lose Sunday. That's what it feels like. Right now, SMU is 10 and 4 and UAB is 9 and 4, and you'll get to play UAB again. They're both ahead of you in the conference standings. Memphis is at 8 and 6. Um, and so that's sort of where, you know, that, that's the other, that's another part. You may not still get into the top four even if you beat FAU on Sunday, but it becomes. Yeah. Really hard to believe you can do it if you lose on Sunday. And we've talked about it. Feels like playing four games in four days will make it a lot harder to win the conference tournament. Yeah, I mean, obviously it can be done. I just i I would be surprised. Although I guess you can make the argument if that team got hot, but I don't know. That just it just feels very unlikely to me that the winner of this tournament's coming going to be the team that plays four games in four days. Well, it was an interesting thing that the AAC sent this out. Uh, this is this could be tell your story, mm. um, <laughs> but in their notes this week, they noted uh, Jeffrey the American has had thirty one of its ninety five conference games either finish within three and or gone to overtime. That's the highest percentage of close games among major conferences. Thirty two point six percent percent of the conference games, 32.6% have been decided by three points or less or in overtime. Fewer. Big 12 is the next closest at 25.3%. So I mean, anecdotally, you just think about it, that's the case. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like, honestly, the team that plays the games, it feels like the fewest close games is Memphis. 
I'm like, guessing this game on Sunday is going to be a very close game. But you look at like Charlotte, it feels like every, like Charlotte, that was the first time I think that they had a double digit loss in league play. Yeah. I think Sunday is going to be a close game. I don't know, man. I got, I, I got, I got whiffs of bad match. When, when has Memphis gotten blown out at home though? Under Penny. I can't remember. Many, yeah, many this times team doesn't apply. Oh, okay, interesting. So you're going you you because this is going to be a close spread. This is going to be like a one or two point spread, and it might even be Memphis favored. And what does Ken Palm have? I thought Ken Palm has like a four point game. Oh, does it? Yeah. And usually that's pretty close. And you're right, two points. Yeah, it could be Pickham. They have it as two. They have an eighty-one seventy-nine Florida Atlantic win. Yeah, yeah. so. I, mean, I, I think what are, are we going to be? T- what are we going to say about what are we going to be saying about the Tigers coming out of this weekend? In your mind, you're going to. It is what it is. Is that kind of your prediction? It is what it is. If I'm correct and that they get beat convincingly, or not, like let's just say it looks like last night for what FAU did to SMU last night, mm-hmm. and like if you watched that game, SMU had like a big run to kind of push it back to single digits, but for the most part, FAU controlled that controlled that game, if that's the type of game that we see, it's just like, that's what this team is. Like, they're just a seesaw. Now, I will say, they have not alternated wins and losses all year. They either won games, a bunch of games in a row or lost games Yeah, in a but row. they have alternated performances. Like, you're like, <laughs> like if, you, if you just think about, like, how did they look? Yeah. They this, definitely, well, and this is just going to be a different, totally different matchup than Charlotte. Like, this, Florida Atlantic plays, like, a lot different then this is going to be a high-scoring game. Like, you're going to have – you might have to get in, in the 90s to win it. I think that you're correct. But, I mean, I didn't think that that game last year was going to be low-scoring like it ended up being. Yeah. Good point. 66-65 was, ended up being the final. Yeah, tournament game. Yeah, but there was like tense tournament game. Well, there's maybe, no, maybe that, that there's, maybe that'll be the vibe on Sunday. I don't, I don't know. know. There's no question. Hopefully it's a good crowd. They've sold out the lower level and – Pinnacle level, and I don't know how many of those, if all those people will show like they would have if this was the game it was supposed to be. I, I but think so. I think they will. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a good, good, good crowd. Good yeah. crowd. But like you think about that game last year, it was just so dictated by what happened on the floor right before him when Purdue lost to FDU. Yeah, it did. I mean, it was just a, a whole buzz. Around you know what I mean? Building, like it's yeah. just and and I think both teams became aware of like, holy cow, if we win this. Like the, you know what I mean? Like that's it, true. It, it took it to me took the focus off of the game at hand and started mm-hmm. making you think about what was to come. Like I think that was a huge part of it. All right, sounds good. This will be fun. Maybe uh, program is brought to you by Birdies. Birdies is Memphis's number one spot for virtual golf. Located in the South Main District at 493 South Main Street, they have three simulators, a virtual putting course, as well as a full-service bar and a great menu. Wedding season fast approaching. If you're looking for something to do, maybe you want to keep the bachelor party in town. Makes a great bachelor party spot. Also, if you got wedding weekend, another great spot. Somewhere to go after the rehearsal dinner. Maybe somewhere to even go after the reception. It is a great group activity. Just go check it out for yourself. You will have a ton of fun. Also, you can check out membership options. Right now for $100, you can get 10 hours on the simulators. You can go to golfatbirdies.com, golfatbirdies.com to check out membership options and get more information. Also, golfatbirdies.com to reserve a hitting bay today. When we come back, Blake Topmeyer is going to join the program. 
We'll talk to him next about everything going on in college sports. We'll do that right here on Giannato and Jeffrey. 92.9. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can over. Overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Um, ESPN. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the next generation 10G network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Blake Topmeyer's the SEC columnist for the USA Today Sports Network. You can follow him on Twitter on X at B. SEC Football Unfiltered is his podcast. Available each and every week. You know where to get your podcast. Blake, how am I alone in this? Like, when I hear the debate of, are they going to 14? Are they going to 16? I don't know why. I cannot bring myself to get emotionally invested. Like, I, I just, I think instinctively, I think that this is a lot of negotiating and posturing. And it's almost like, wake me up when a decision's made. Because I just don't, I don't buy into all this right now. Uh, I'm certainly jaded by it. I I do think it's possible that the playoff will go from 12 to 14 uh, at some point in the next few years. But like you, uh, that's not the, that's the, that's not the one I totally get worked up over. And if it were to happen, I don't think it's really wholly surprising uh, either. The one uh, I'm I'm sure you read, I I wrote recently, uh, the one that works me up is this idea that March Madness needs to expand beyond 68 teams. Like the the, the only people who believe in that idea are like the handful of power five commissioners who would benefit. Like fans don't think it needs to expand. I don't think athletes think it needs to expand. I can convince coaches think it needs to expand. Uh, I think if you're a perpetual bubble coach, you're probably in favor. But, I mean, the problem is the problem is the reasoning behind it. Like, they won't come out and say it, but it's like, we want to cut out more mid-majors. We don't want mid-majors. We don't think we can get away with doing it by changing the way that we select teams. So the only way we're going to get bigger brands in is put more you know, put more teams in. That's the only way we can get away with it. It's like, it's like a workaround. I think that's what makes it just so, that's right. just so disgusting. 
Yeah, you're not going to be able to probably reduce the number of mid-majors, but you can reduce their percentage of Correct. the field. And, and how do you do that? You increase the field, and, and lo and behold, nearly all the extra bids will go to the Power Four teams. And, imagine that. And, yeah, imagine that. You're going to get the 10th best team from the Big 12 that's you know 18 and 15 you know, qualifying for an 18. Yeah, but you see that strength of schedule? Days. Right, exactly. And so that's the one that, you know, getting back to your original question, that's the one that works me up. Um, if they go from 12 to 14, I don't think it's necessary. I think, you know, at some point, I think the playoffs going to expand to the degree that the regular season in college football will matter less. Um, I think the bigger postseason is going to be a better postseason. So that's the trade off. Um, and I think there will be a stopping point. I think 16 is, is probably the eventual stopping point. I don't love it. I would rather see 12. Um, if not 12, I'd rather see 14. Um, however, as you said, I, I don't get as fired up about this one uh, as, as I would about the, the basketball front. I think the problem that I have with it is 14 to me smells a lot like the 14 playoff, where it's like, well, this doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like, w- w- what is, you know, so we can get like a double buy in there. It just feels like it's, it feels like the product of someone, like, uh, it's like what you get when you put too many people in a room and they come up with a plan. It's like 14 doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, it, this is, if it's going to 16 anyway, it's like, just go ahead and do it. Like, don't do this gradual thing where it, it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Well, I, I, I guess my devil's advocate here, the one reason I like 14 better than 16 is it preserves some value for at least a couple conference championship games. Uh, if, if we're going to still have conference championship games, I think they have to mean something. Uh, and in the current 12-team format and in a 14-team format, you could have buys for your top conference champions. If you go to a 16-team playoff with no buys, I think one of my biggest things I wouldn't like about that is, you know, let's say your SEC championship, I'm sure they're not going to get rid of that because it makes money. So they're going to keep playing it. But if you have a 16-team playoff, with no buys, really, your SEC championship doesn't really mean anything. Your Big Ten championship doesn't mean anything. I mean, it affects seeding a, a little bit, I guess, but you're not getting a buy out of the deal. Uh, and frankly, I think you would probably have a bigger advantage just by sitting at home that weekend, by getting an at-large bid as the third-best team in the SEC and you get an extra week of rest because there's no buy on the line anymore anyway. Um, so, you know, that's not at stake anymore. I think I'd rather have the extra week of rest and be the third best team from the SEC and, and sit at home. So, you know, I, I mean, again, it's not a hill I'm going to die on, I suppose, but that is why uh, I do like, you know, I, I favor 12 or 14 versus the 16. Well, I think I favor, tw- I, I'm, I kind of favor 12 overall because the more teams that you start putting in, the the more worse teams you're going to start putting in. You know what I mean? Like, it, Correct. And so, yeah. so, like, the argument against a 16-team playoff is I don't really need to see one versus 16. I'm pretty confident <laughs> yeah. I know how that's going to go. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I, now, I do think 5 versus 12, even you know, even assuming it's most, most years going to be whatever the G5, whatever the G5 ends up being, like, well, let's be real, it's only for two years. So, you know, we, you could wind up getting the Oregon-Liberty game again. But I think... The 12th best team has a much better shot against number five than they clearly do against number one. So I, I, I'm fine with it that way. I think the problem is inevitably for me, it just feels like there's we're just on this constant search for more money. It's like, well, the only proven way to get more money is to have more games. 
And so it just feels like we're going to 16. So I'm just like, just get it over with. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I just I, I can't get excited about it. I'm not an, an outrage about it because it, it does almost feel inevitable. But um, yeah, twelve to me, it, it was a perfect solution. Like the, the fourteen playoff, it, it quickly went stale. Um, I'm not convinced it was much of an improvement over the over the BCS. Uh, hey man, I'll die on the hill. The BCS worked. Yeah, I, 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 you could you could win me over pretty easily that the BCS was better than the four team playoff. Now I think the twelve team playoff will be better than, than either. Agreed. Um, I love that it provides a seat at the table for the for the G five. Um, I like that the that there's a mix of automatic qualifiers with at large. The conference championship games um, will still matter in, in all the power conferences. Plus, they'll matter uh, to the group of five to the degree that there's a bid on the line. Um, I, I really just thought it was this, this perfect solution that there was so much debate and, and finally some compromise to get. Um, and it's like, really, are we going to pivot away from this so quickly? But but that would be you know kind of a sign of the times, right? Um, I hope it doesn't come to that. You know, maybe maybe this is all bluster and leverage just so the SEC and the Big Ten. Maybe what they really want is is the revenue distribution. Um, to significantly favor them in a 12-team playoff, and, and they threaten to expand it and gobble up even more of the bids uh, just so they can get the, the revenue, revenue distribution that they want. I don't think so. I, I think the SEC and the Big Ten actually would like to see the playoff probably further expand so they can get even more of their teams into the fold. But, um, yeah, all this uh, hand-wringing that it took to get to 12 teams, and I, I think most of us would agree this is a really, really good format uh, it's the best postseason format college football has ever had, I think. <laughs> and wouldn't it be so fitting if it only lasts for two years? Yeah, because I, I really struggle. It's like if you say the postseason as a whole, it feels like bowl games are going to be even less important, right? Unless your bowl game is in the playoff. But it does feel like it is far and away the best playoff scenario. Like the best playoff setup. Like I, I'm totally there. Like if you go, I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen that calendar that ESPN promotionally put out? Super wild card weekend. Like there's going to be one weekend where we go. Like Thursday's a college football playoff game. Friday's a college football playoff game. Saturday's NFL playoffs. Sunday's NFL playoffs. Monday's NFL playoffs. Then like you turn into divisional weekend, and then that's bookended with the championship game. Like that's a pretty solid. Like there's like a three week stretch of pretty good football. Like pretty meaningful football. Yeah, and, and that's the other problem you run into, I think, is you continue to expand it, you know, from a college front, and, and others have raised this point, too, that you, you start to run out, um, you know, the more games you add, uh, you're kind of getting to the point where you're almost going to have to go up against the NFL in, a, in some time slot, or you're going to have games competing against each other in the same time slot, um, and, you know, that becomes problematic, too. Uh, to your point on the bowl games, um, I, I guess I'm to the point where, like, those bowl games have already been watered down by the existence of, of the 14 playoff and the opt-outs. Like I'm, I'm for anything, um, that I guess, uh, you know, cuts it down. Yeah. Yeah. It, it tamps that down. And, and, um, you know, I look at it now and it's like, if you're not betting or if you're not just, um, a college football junkie, you're probably watching like somewhere between eight and 10 postseason games anyway. Like, you know, if your team is not in the game and you're not a gambling junkie, you're not watching the Duke's Mayo Bowl as it is now. Um, and so I do think, you know, the bigger playoff 
it, it increases the overall engagement, but I do agree that if, if you're a bowl game that's not in the playoff, uh, you become nearly irrelevant. But I think that's sort of the sacrifice for the 12-teamer. Yeah, even as a degenerate gambler, like I'm trying, as you were talking about that, I was trying to think of how many bowl games were even memorable. Like you know what I mean? Like and, and I I watched I think just about all of them. The what was the Cure Bowl was memorable because it was that monsoon. It was that disgusting App State uh, Lafayette game where no one. Or I'm sorry, it was Jacksonville State. The Jacksonville State App State game where like there was like 15 fumbles. But that was memorable only from the sense that, you know, it, it was weather-induced. It wasn't like the game itself. Like, the you know, the Alabama, like, in the non, I'm trying to think in the non-playoff division. It's like, I can't even really remember how many were, like, even that good. Yeah, and even the New Year's Six this year, like, sometimes we get a really, really good one. Um, oh, Clemson-Kentucky, that was a good football. That was a fun watch. Yeah, Clemson, Clemson, Kentucky was a was a good one outside the outside the New Year's Six. Inside the New Year's Six, I mean, Oregon Liberty was a was a blowout. Um, Ohio State, Missouri was watered down by the number of Ohio State uh, opt outs. Um, uh, LSU, LSU, Wisconsin, because LSU even in a bowl game, even against Wisconsin, LSU still played the same game they played the entire year. Yeah, that was a good one, and I like these bulls where um, you know if you're going to have opt outs, you get a glimpse of the future. Yeah. I thought that's what LSU yeah, gave us with like, oh, oh, Garrett Nussmeyer, he could be the quarterback of the future for LSU, so we're getting a look at him now. What I don't like are are, the, are when you have the opt outs resulting in some backup quarterback trotting out there who you know is not going to be the starter next year. He's just kind of holding down the fort until the transfer arrives or the five-star freshman arrives. But, yeah, in the case you, of LSU... You, by the way, like, you just described the quick lane bowl, and that entire broadcast was the guy's girlfriend. It was the... It was like... The, he was like a fourth-teamer. Alert, alert Britt Musburger. Like, he was in the... Yeah, exactly. Like he was in the... I don't even think he was in the transfer portal. I think he was, like, in the I'm going pro in something other than sports... And then everyone else went in the portal, and Minnesota like had to like say, "Hey, seriously, can you like literally just come take the snaps and hand it off in this game?" And literally, all they did was just focus on his girlfriend, the, maybe his fiance. I think I think it was fiance, and that's all. That that was ninety percent of the broadcast. Yeah, those are the ones that are that are tough to uh, tough to get through. But I do I do like when it's sort of this handoff. Yeah, um, and, and we saw that in Tennessee's bowl game, right? They, they yeah. had the handoff from Joe Milton and Nico. Uh, that was an opt out that I think like. Um, you know, Everyone was in favor of with themselves. Yeah, they, they were cheering for the opt out. Never has has an opt out been so celebrated as the day that Joe Milton announced he was he was opting out. So there are certain occasions where it works, and I think that's what these these bowl games that are outside the playoff almost have to become if they're going to stay relevant at all. Is like they almost become the exhibition game to start the next season. Whereas before they were a coronation of the season that was. Yeah, if you're not part of the playoff anymore. Um, you're you're an exhibition for the season ahead. What I'm more concerned about, whether it's 12 teams, 14 teams, or 16 teams, is at what point do opt-outs start to affect the college football playoff? We we didn't really see that in the four-team playoff. But when when you go from 12, or excuse me, from two rounds to four rounds, and when you stretch the calendar, you know, an extra two weeks deeper into January. Um, I don't think it's going to come immediately, and I don't think it's going to come in mass. But I do think we're we're sort of playing with fire here uh, with the, with the possibility of opt outs occurring in the college football playoff, which um, would be a real shame. It doesn't bother me so much in the bowl games. I get it's a business move. I totally understand it. 
But if we start having opt-outs in the college football playoff, it, it really is um, going to make you wonder just how relevant is this. Well, I mean, to your point, eventually someone's going to do the math of, hey, man, I'm not getting paid per game. You've already paid me. Like, I, there's, why would I do this? You, you know what I mean? Like, eventually mm-hmm. someone's going to do that math. And, that, and that's kind of the thing that we saw with opt-outs. You know, I hate when people act like the slippery slope thing isn't a real deal. Like, we see it's human nature. When, when, somebody, when somebody has to take the heat and does it once, like, that person makes it a lot easier for more and more people to do it. And, you know, here we are. Like, it's just a norm now. It's, almost, it's honestly like when you, hear, when you hear somebody that's playing in a bowl game, you're like, what's he doing? You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's how much <laughs> that's it's flipped. Right. Like, I would think about it. Like, when Matt Corral played in the, the Sugar Bowl – now, he ended up, like, getting banged up, and they sat him. But it's like, with the fact that he was actually playing in that game, you're like, well, whoa, what's he doing? Right, yeah, that became the became the news. Um, and, and it's like, I remember when the opt-outs first started, there was this idea, um, which is really kind of stupid that anybody believed this, but this, there was this idea that NFL teams were going to hold players accountable that opted out. Doesn't want to compete. As like, yeah, you're, you're not a team player. You're not a locker room guy. You're, your draft stock's going to suffer. And then Leonard Fournette, who opted out, became a top 10 NFL draft pick. It's like, oh, yeah, that doesn't happen because the NFL is a business and they don't really care if you opt out. Uh, they just want you on their, on their roster. Um, so, you know, it would take something like that, which I don't think the NFL uh, is, is going to do. Or, or, you know, we might also be underestimating the athlete's competitive drive here. Like if there's a championship on the line, a national championship, I, I do think that is a much more powerful motivator than hoisting a jar of mayonnaise at the end of the Mayo Bowl, right? I mean, I, I, I'm not saying we're not going to see opt-outs, because I think we are, but I do think in, in the athlete circles, even amongst themselves, this can be a lot more controversial to say, I got a chance to win in a, a national title, but no, I'm going to head out to Tempe to train for the NFL draft. You're going to see guys do it, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I, there's obviously a lot more on the line when, when there's a national championship at the end of it. I think that's true, but I do also think, like, I see it. My dad, my dad coaches, like, high-level competitive baseball still. And, man, I can just tell you, it is just such a different world. Like, everyone is, like, you know, it's not uncommon to play for, like, three different teams during a summer. And, like, I just think, like, I think what we're seeing is, like, it is becoming a much more individualistic enterprise than it ever has before there's gonna be team guys but like i just think i just think this is kind of the world that we're going in it's like until they start having to be contractually obligated like i believe like in the nfl if you didn't if they weren't contractually obligated to play like i think you'd see plenty of guys that wouldn't play all 18 games yeah and even if you're contractually obligated like still whatever final financial penalty you may endure by opting out of the college football playoffs, like uh, it's still not as great as the financial risk you would probably endure if you, you know, blow out your knee and yeah, tumble four rounds in the NFL draft. Like, um, you know, I just, and, and that's the, the obvious thing, right? Is like, we, we keep hearing like, Oh, there's gotta be some sort of postseason financial incentive for guys to play. It's a great idea. And there are some things you can do on that front. I think, um, but like, you know, NIL deals that you only get if you play in the postseason. but I just, it's going to be really hard for the finances of those deals to add up to what, what you're risking by playing. And so, yeah, for some guys, if it's like, 
it's not worth the the risk. It's a bad. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 